From the magnificent Midwest, it's the Suzanne Venker Show, where men and women are equal in value but wildly different by nature. Join us here every week when we challenge the culture's hugely flawed narratives about men, women, sex, and love. From coast to coast and from around the world, thank you for joining us. This program is brought to you in part by Let's Get Real, where forensic accountant Tiffany Couch uses her financial skills to shine the light on the real issues we face every day. If you'd like to make decisions based on facts rather than on cultural pressure, go to letsgetreallife.com, a place where you can find tools to improve your communication skills and to increase your connection to humanity. That's letsgetreallife.com. Today on the show, we're going to check in with Andre Parody. I can't believe how long it's been since we had him on. So those of you who have been waiting and asking to have him on need to wait no more. We are going to have a great conversation today. But first, a few quick announcements. If you have not become a Patreon supporter, now is the time to do so. As always, there are four very economical levels, and those who sign up now at the $20 level receive a signed copy of the Alpha Female's Guide to Men and Marriage. This offer lasts through the end of the year. So act fast. Also, I'm offering 15% off two of my coaching packages, the premarital slash newly married option, which highlights the four main potential stressors of every marriage and how to resolve those now so they don't become a problem later, and my new life coaching for college women option in which I help young women map out a life that actually works and that offers the best chance at true happiness. The coupon code for each of these packages, again, that's the premarital option and the life coaching for college women option, is capital XMAS for Christmas. That's XMAS. This offer also continues through the end of the year, so act fast. And now on with the show. Hey, Andre. Good morning. It's so nice to see you. It's been so long. It's been ridiculously long. People are going to be so happy to hear your voice. Yeah, it's, it feels like a long time, but I think it's just a couple of months, right? I don't know, Andre. I think it's longer than that. This is really? so. This is December, and I think the time that I had you on like back-to-back for two months was January. No. I think so. I'm like pretty sure. No. I don't know, but I think so. Right, we'll I mean, this whole year is, yeah. yeah, and this whole year is just a blur, let's face it. No, just yeah. one, one, it's just been a nightmare. Just, of, yeah. Just, just, yeah, just, yeah. Don't, don't, let's get out yeah, of 2020. Don't get me started. Yeah, don't get me no, started. we won't go there. We won't go there. <laughs> That's a whole different conversation, Andre. Right. Um, so I want to reintroduce you to um, some folks who have not been with me long enough to go back to January and February when you were on a lot. And I think maybe once or twice before that, even that would have been last year. So Andre parody is, um, a, a, I'm going to say this, right. This exact title effect. Wait. Oh my God. Okay. Drop all of that. You're going to introduce yourself. Go. <laughs> <laughs> so my name is Andre parody. I'm a, a relationship coach, <clears throat> NLP coach. I'm a educator of effective communi- communication strategies. I am also a two-time best-selling author, um, um, public speaker, workshop leader, and an ordained minister. Boom. Boom. Good morning. Boom. And we won't, shall we mention the past, that what you were in the past? Yeah, no, sure. <laughs> what I was in the past. Well, you know, I had, I'm, I'm, on, I'm, I'm referring local. to something particular. No, I got it. I'm, yeah. I'm, I, call, I call it, I'm, I'm now in phase three of my life. Uh, and I started my career as a um, ballroom dancer into 
commercial jazz dancer, but my first job was a Chippendale dancer. <laughs> so I started my life on the road, taking my clothes off. My first job, my first official first job, and I remember like when they offered me the job, I was quite offended because I remember thinking like, oh, I'm not a stripper, I'm a professional commercial jazz trained dancer with all my mighty attitude. And, and remember the guy looking at me and goes, so how much money are you making doing that? I'm like, oh, Dan, like nobody's paying me to be a commercially trained jazz dancer, but this guy's, you know, offering me a thousand dollars a week and, you know, life on the road for free. Okay. <laughs> Sold. So, yeah. That was a long time ago. That was, that was 20 years ago. And, yeah. you know, that was the beginning of my professional career because then it led me to like professionally, you know, commercial jazz, you know, Michael Jackson, Prince, Paul Abdul, and, you know, these big monsters. So, but the beginning was Chippendales for like a year and a half. So it was it, interesting enough because that was in a lot of ways how I got to be here with you. Like, the, you how think so? that from, from the masculine, the idea of life on the road, sex, you know, mm. sex, you know, drug, rock and roll and yeah. all that stuff, which was fantastic. I was 26 years old. It was absolutely fantastic. But within, within three months, no, the, within nine months, we, we went in cycles of three months at a time. So three months on the road, we come back to LA for a couple of weeks, back, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. By the third three months, so nine months into it, it started getting weird. <clears throat> and I realized that as much fun as that was, I saw the danger that it was creating to my brain. I saw the danger of getting sucked into <clears throat> a life of um, debauchery. Debauchery for sure, but also the, it kind of twists your brains. You know, when you get this, and this is what happens to celebrities, you know, from my perspective a lot, is <clears throat> when you have no responsibilities or that you make so much money that you have no you know there's no scarcity and like things are just and and you have money and time right mm -hmm. you, you have time if there's nothing to do mm -hmm. but like so all you do is have fun you know your job is fun and in between you're having fun and it's all fun it's fun it's fun no responsibility fun 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 sex drugs and rock and roll and after a while in order to have fun you get used to fun so what happened is you have to up what's fun you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So you mm -hmm. get a little crazy. I was just talking about this this weekend, actually. You get a lot crazier, just a little bit, just because it's fun is normal. So you have mm -hmm. to up to have fun and up to have fun and weeks. And so up, up, and mm -hmm. you, this is what happens. I think this is, I've seen it to happen to celebrities and experience that myself. Like you become demented. Like you need to have fun after a while, especially, you know, if you're a celebrity and you're isolated and you can't go in public, you can't go to the mall, you can't go to this park, right? Like, so you have to hide in your house or somebody else's house all day. Mm -hmm. so then you get your homies in, right? And then you get the girls in and then you get mm -hmm. the drugs in mm -hmm. and it's 10 o'clock in the morning and you're having fun, but you know what I mean? It keeps going. So that's when they get in trouble because there's a lot of pressure in sitting a celebrity and then, they have to hide and yep, I get it. life, you know, if you work twice a year and make $16 million yep. on a yeah. movie, yeah. what do you do with your time? And, and we so should point out, sorry that you're in LA. A lot of people not necessarily, yeah, in Los Angeles. necessarily so know that. My point was that, so within a year, within nine months, I realized this is dangerous. And I watched mm -hmm. myself start spinning up into this stratosphere. Mm -hmm. Some of the guys, one of the guys had been at it for five years. And I remember looking at him going, I get it. I don't want to be like him. Like he's, mm -hmm. he's done. He's never going to be normal again. He's never going to be able to have a relationship again. He's never going to be able to see women 
the way, you know, in a classic way. They're all, you know, the women that come at us all day long are a type. And he actually now believes yeah. that that's women, you know. So mm -hmm. I wanted the marriage. I wanted the classic life. And I had to jump out. And they thought I was crazy for leaving the show. And because it was like 13 of us. Like, you know what I mean? Like, who, mm -hmm. nobody has that job. It's the best job in the world. It's an incredible opportunity. And they're like, you're crazy to, to quit. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm just going to go and do my life. Mm -hmm. You know, this is not a Very job. Interesting. It's not getting me anywhere. This is, but I mean, it was the realization of, the danger and the fact that I'm actually quite classically wired and what yep. I wanted was not that. Yep. So got it. Okay. Anyway. <clears throat> so to fast forward a little bit, yep. um, if anybody goes to your site, so it's project equinox.net. Dot net. Yeah. And we'll, you'll see um, Andre's face right there. And then <laughs> if you <laughs> uh, look around a little bit, you'll find a spot where he talks about gender intelligence. And that's mm. the passion that, that both of us have today but you have today and so I, I hadn't heard it phrased in that way before I met you so I'm going to let you just sort of define what that is for people yeah and by the way I stole that from Dr. John Gray he's the one who oh I had him on recently and we didn't yeah. get to that okay yeah no but you know it's interesting because that term like offends a lot of people and I think that's probably why well, he today, stopped yeah, using it. Gender right. is such a bad word. Yeah. Right. So I think that's why he stopped using it. I keep pushing it because I think it's absolutely perfect and it lines up with yeah, what you and does. I understand. Mm -hmm. But in a nutshell, gender intelligence, and I say this, you know, our culture has everybody wired, you know, in the me, 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 me kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. like, and it's without blaming anyone necessarily, but there's a pulse, there's a pulse in our culture you know, that women are victims and men have to like line up with them. Otherwise, you know, the, he's a dude, whatever. Right. And the guys, as you know, they're just kind of back up. They don't understand anymore. So like, so the guys don't step in and the women are like frustrated in all kinds of ways. And <clears throat> assuming that the guy should be doing it her way is what I see all the time that he should be sensitive. He should talk more. He should connect more. You know, he needs to do it her way. He needs to do it her way. He needs to do it her way. Otherwise, she's not okay. If she's not okay, then it's his fault. If she's not it's his fault, then, you know, she asked her girlfriend and she said, well, obviously, you know, he's, he's unavailable emotionally, so break up with him. Like, no, that's, no, right? That's not at all. Um, so gender intelligence, the idea that if you're a woman and if you know, like, understand and be in a relationship with a man, I say walk the bridge over into man world and you have to go and figure out and find out what, why men do what they do. What motivates them? Why do they respond this way? How come they, you know, they seem disconnected emotionally? And it, there's really good reasons for all this, right? We go back to gender, but also ancestry and anthropology and evolution. And there's a, bunch, there's a lot of genetic instinctual reasons why mm -hmm. we function this way as women function also instinctively in a bunch of other ways. So, but they're completely in opposition. They're in complete opposition. So if you really want a, a, a healthy relationship with a man, you got to find out, you know, why he does what he does and why he's compelled to do and say what he does. Like this is a really good reason. So the good news for women, when they actually cross the bridge into man world and research and study, and there's a bunch of us doing this, you, me, and a bunch of other people that had the finger on the, on the button, women will find out that half the stuff, at least half the stuff they've been taking personally goes away because it's not about you. That's not your fault. He's not doing this to you. He's just a guy, you know, like at least like, like, so there's a lot of relief of, 
oh, I thought he was, oh, but that's so sweet. Like, I can't believe he, you know, and what he's compelled to do instinctively, what he's compelled to provide, it's amazing. As opposed to making him wrong, go find out what right. he's compelled, right? So yep. that's one way. And it's the same thing. I teach men the same thing. Like, you know, if you want to understand women, they always say, I need so very little. Why can't he give me what I need? Well, what's that mean, right? Because guys don't understand little, right? They quantify everything. So go find out what women need. Go find out why. Go find out her instinctual, like, need and grasp the things she's attra- atta- attached to that makes no sense to you. But, and then, like I said, when you both come back from crossing the bridge, you can meet in the middle mm-hmm. and now have a chance that, oh, okay, and start, you know, I keep referring to. It's like speaking each other's language. Speaking each other's language and also mm-hmm. learning to dance together, right? You, you're mm-hmm. two separate entities coming together for a new entity called the relationship. So now we're partner into dancing together. It's like dancing. When you start dancing together, you step on each other's toes and it's clunky, right? So Yeah, and the number, <coughs> excuse me, the number one impediment to that in my opinion has been this of course and we've talked about this endlessly the message of equality which Mm -hmm. undergirds the whole thing that you just described because it connotes or suggests sameness and that is what the millennial generation in particular has been raised to believe which you can see firsthand in coaching um, where essentially my couples are living like roommates i don't necessarily mean they're not having sex i just mean they're living their monies are separate they are thinking of each other as mirror images of themselves as though they are just the same human with a different body part. And that mindset is what's screwing everything up. So when I come along to teach exactly what you're talking about, it changes overnight. They can put something into action of what you're calling gender intelligence or what John Gray did. um, And, and see immediately what it does, but they've never been taught. They just simply haven't. So they go into it with this completely different mindset. And what I wanted to ask you about was this guy that I um, was introduced to just this morning, actually. I already watched a couple of his videos. His name is Kevin Samuels. He's a black guy who has a video, YouTube video. And I guess, I'm not sure what his title is exactly, but he has these um, conversations with young single women Okay. As an older man. And now his focus is about the black community. So he, he focuses very much about black women and black men. Although yeah. the two things that I saw this morning could easily apply to any, it doesn't Anybody. matter whether you're white or black or anything mm-hmm. else. It's just yeah. human nature. But for whatever reason that he's honing in on the black community because, sure. well, whatever, because he wants to, he's black as himself. So it was interesting watching that because what comes through in probably any of his videos, but the two that I saw this morning were that, I don't know how old he is, but he's talking to roughly 30-year-old single black women who think they have it all going on because they have a PhD and they make six figures and they cannot find a man and can't figure out why. And he's having to explain in layman's language the way that you and I do why that is. And these poor women just can't hear it. They have no, they cannot wrap their brains about what, around right. what he's saying. It was fascinating to watch. See, I deal with this. You deal with this behind the scenes. But when you watch two people discuss it on camera like that, I found it fascinating because it's so clear on one end and so completely confusing on the other that you think, oh, my God, there's a disconnect is just enormous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's so, when I work with clients, you know, they come from that exact place, right? They've been, they've been raised to be strong, independent, and powerful, which is nothing wrong with that, except that, you know, it's, they become over-calibrated in their masculine. We both have masculine and feminine. And to me, my, in my world, when I teach, when I work with my clients, is like, 
there has to be balance. You use your masculine when it's appropriate. The rest of the time, if you're a woman, I say, I say this straight up, like you are a woman, right? Your operating system is more to be connected, to be part of community, right? To be, to be not so competitive, but to bond with the people around you. So you can be competitive at work and there's a price to pay for this. But I say, when you're done with work, leave your manhood at work, get in the car. And when you get out of the car, whatever you get out of the car, be a woman. Okay, now I'm going to stop you. Hold on, I'm going to stop you right there because I want to spend most of this time with, together talking about the difference. But I'm mean, excuse me, not the difference. What well, sort of the difference? What masculinity and femininity looks like and what it means? Because right. people keep coming back and asking. Well, okay, I hear what you're saying, but what does that look like and what does that mean? So you just sort yeah. of touched upon it there, yeah. and I can hear people saying. So are you saying that um, it, when you're at work, you're 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 putting out male energy, and then at home? it should be different. And, and if so, what does that look like and why? Right. Yeah, that's what I was going to. Like when I say this to my clients, you know, you have masculine is fine, but you have to step into your feminine. If you want to experience the other side of life with men in love with relationship, but not only with the relationship with like a love relationship with men, but if, when you operate from that perspective, watch all males respond to you differently, right? Like, yeah. Your, your father, your brothers, your cousin, the guys at work, the kids, the boys, also women actually come, will come around differently. And animals and dogs, right? Mm -hmm. Become this magnet. This magnet. And when, when I'm, I was saying this is when I, just the first conversation when I say this, you have to step into your feminine and they go like this. <laughs> Nobody can see you right now, but you're right, looking but, up like, what the right. heck does that mean? Yeah. Crickets, crickets. Yeah. They get. Yeah. They have no idea what I'm talking I about. I think they only think that means high heels and and painted nails right. or well, something. Often get this, depending on the calibration. The one I've, I've heard this so many times. They go, oh, so you just want me to dumb it down and wiggle my butt yeah. like Marilyn yeah. Monroe? I'm like, is that what I said? That's not what I said. Why? Mm -hmm. Why? Where are you going with that? Like, mm -hmm. I, that's not what I said. I said, you, you have a problem. You're calling me because something's not working, and I'm telling you. As, you know, this, this is probably what's happening. So mm -hmm. let's go see what that looks like and why, you know, and, but they go right to, you know, wiggle my butt. What they've been taught to associate it with. And dumb it down. Yeah. I'm supposed to dumb it down for some dude because his little ego can't handle it. So mm -hmm. I'm like, that mm -hmm. is not what I'm saying. Right. But if you're going to have that attitude, well, here we are. Right. You're ex exactly. Exactly. Who, who's going to deal with that. Right. Like, so to the, for the mask, the masculine is, you know, if we're going to break it down, left lobe, it's linear, it's direct, it's competitive, it pushes through, it creates, it penetrates, it forces, it controls. That's the masculine, right? The feminine is the flip side, right brain. Again, we both have both, and they're calibrated differently for most men. Mm -hmm. They're more masculine, but not necessarily as we know mm -hmm. now, and the same with women. Mm -hmm. The fat masculine, the feminine is more creative, it's more going with the flow, it's more experiencing life, it's more being to be able to um, be vulnerable and receptive, receptive, magnetic, you know, and all this stuff. So there's, there's a letting go of anything of the, on, from the feminine side, much more so than to be controlling and pushing. Now we know now that regardless of your gender, by the way, there's two, don't get me going. Right? Oh <laughs> yeah. I, sorry. That went over my head for a second. Oh my God. No, that's definitely right. a different conversation. Don't get me going again. You know, <laughs> yeah. so Depending of the body that you're in, you get you will born you will be born somewhere on the continuum of more a little more or less mm -hmm. masculine and feminine. Mm -hmm. Fantastic, right? And and the problem is when as a woman, if you train yourself through the culture, through your mother, through your 
friends through, you know, no teachers, real, mentors, teachers, mentors, or <laughs> the even media. Like, a daddy, right? It starts at home with daddy. Yeah. If daddy's not, excuse me, if daddy's not present and, or is bad or dangerous or you don't feel safe with them, you're going to have to take care of yourself and throws you in your, in your masculine. So often it's circumstantial. You know, one of the, the bit, one of the things I love the most about my work is when I can explain a woman how come how she got to be that way. Mm-hmm. So As go ahead and do that. I love the way you do it. Too. Well, it's, it's great. You know, typically, typically we have to describe, like, figure out what's happened in her childhood. Like, it takes me like ten minutes, and I'm there because it's ABC, right? Where, did you have, you know, um, was he present? Mm-hmm. Was he present? You know, was divorced or still together? Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. The divorce when I was four. Well, there it is. Right. Mm-hmm. Or it was an alcoholic and my mom had mm-hmm. to move everything and we moved like every two weeks, you know, two months, three weeks. Like we moved around so much. She was unstable as a musician, whatever. But like, I could see it like this. So a little girl who doesn't feel safe with daddy, whether he was not present or. Or mom was in charge and dad was too soft and let that it all happens happen. a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. He, he was there, but he's so passive and yep. she just had to like take over. So she yep. was not. So then there's, there's different levels of, I want to say injury you know, at that age, yes. that sort mm-hmm. of makes, makes us, all of us, by the way, makes, make decision about life, make decision about relationship, make decision about love, make decision about who we are, right? That's, that. so these things hit us hard, more or less. And again, there's different calibration. So when I can explain to a woman, oh, okay, if this, 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 this happened, right? And then, oh, so this is what happened to you. This is why, like, to, to alleviate their fear that there's something wrong with them. And it says, because you know you see it because this was your circumstances this would happen to you you had to and this is why you like this so considering what happened to you this is completely normal yeah oh there's nothing wrong yeah. with me i go well, yeah. no considering what happened to you this is normal right yeah. so it's okay for you to be. now the problem is this defense mechanism you create as a child now gets in your way from being able to relate to men and actually be so these are defense mechanisms to protect us but 20 years later, 25 years later, it becomes, it keeps you from getting the life you want. You can't make the choices. You're stuck. You're on cruise control. You can't be vulnerable. You're too masculine. You can't trust, right? So this is where the work comes in. So then we have to dismantle the belief system and really sort of then practice stepping into being vulnerable, practice into being a woman, practice yep. self-care, practice things that go to the heart as opposed to the head. Head is masculine, heart is feminine. So back down in your chest, back down in your body. Anything to bring you down out of your head will actually kind of reawaken your feminine mm-hmm. essence and your feminine spirit. And all of a sudden, there's a, a release. Women have this, get this. I don't know if you remember experiencing this. Like this tension right between their chest. Like right in the middle of the chest, between their, their breasts, there's this tension, this this mm-hmm. pulse, this hardness, this like, mm-hmm. like this hard, like, like, like a shield right? And that is not feeling safe. That is just protection. And so I gauge how they're releasing their masculine by really when that tension between their, their, their breasts sort of fades slowly. And that mm-hmm. is reopening the challenge and the, the channel of being vulnerable and opening their feminine essence really through their body. Which, which just to give a visual for some people who want to know what that might look like. Like, so for me, it's anything that, anything that is, um, like music, candles, massage, anything yep. that will make my body go down in that way, yep. then immediately I become receptive. I become yes. happy. Um, yep. I smile more. I'm, I'm not stressed. I mean, right. that's really what we're talking about. We're going right. from like stressed mode to. 
out of your head Relaxed into mode. your body, out mm-hmm. of your head into your body. And like, just take three breaths that'll take you out of your head. Yeah, right? like, so definitely. there's a bunch of simple ways, but self-care and all that beautiful stuff to bring you back to the center, bring you back to the center. And by the way, by the time, by the time you get there, like I said, you're more, you know, relax. You're, the, the anxiety kind of leaves. So you're not creating anxiety or tension in the world. All of a sudden, you're, being, you're lovely to be with as opposed to be kind of comfortable to yes. be with. Yep. Yes. You know yep. I mean? like, Instead so of what, combative, what, you're just right. all mushy you, and relaxed. <laughs> yeah. And, and what radiates from you is yeah. warmth and yep. calm. And all of a sudden, you're, you know, the, you, that becomes instantly magnetic to men and to children, to animals. Right? Now, now you're like a, you're, you radiate something that we want more of like the sunshine like you just sort of oh right you become this is like so you know i feel like everybody could understand that with a simple and by imagining what you feel and look like to one another after sex with your spouse Mm -hmm. you sit there and you think about that for a minute consider yourself in the state that you're in in a bed let's say after sex and the way you relate to one another and think about how natural that is and it's coming from the physicality of your body is doing what it did. Right. But that way that you relate. And then I don't know, fast forward three days when chaos is ensuing, it's one o'clock in the afternoon and you're like a completely different person. Mm -hmm. You want to keep more of the former um, at play as much as possible. Even when there's sex, not even when the sex isn't there. Right. But that idea of that idea of, like I said, men, men, it's interesting. Men are living in their heads all the time, right? The idea of linear planning, plotting, life, like what we have to do for work and how we're going to continue. Retirement. The bill, right? All this, all of it, right? And yeah. women say, well, I'm on my, in my head all the time as well. Absolutely. You know, when you take that on and the difference is, you know, again, if, if you, talk, you talk about the biological tide, which I think is a really great term. Like if you have a male body, you have the male chemistry to naturally process life that way it's not so stressful the stress the stress that that creates is actually good for us we become we become a little sharp we're like the nat- a, a regular amount of stress of doing life makes us sharper it kind of elevates our state of mind and we're like okay it's on you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that actually is invigorating for males to get right Yep. stuff done to yep. push through to get to yep. work and go make it you know it's invigorating on a woman it always takes your energy down right yep now get this dr john gray he's very much into uh chemistry the hormones the past, the yeah. past 10 years hormones stuff like this again testosterone driven estrogen driven right um a regular we'll call it a regular week stress week a regular stress week right like as in doing life like getting up in the morning Getting dressed, getting showered, getting in the car, getting some food and running and getting, trying to get to work by eight o'clock, traffic, all that stuff. And then getting to work and then producing results and being competitive and right. The regular, not nobody, no, not the stress of being sick or, you know, something going terrible. It's just the stress of a regular week mm-hmm. on man again. Oh, that, that sort of, okay, it's on makes us more productive, sharper, mm-hmm. faster, you know, smarter, more creative. Like it sort of lights us up. The same exact thing for a woman to get to work and do the same thing that he has to do for her is six times more stressful. Times six. No, there's data on this. Six. Mm-hmm. And you don't have the test party because you don't have the testosterone to back it up. And that always is turning you inside us, always draining you. And that is the living proof of that, of course, is that that's why my breadwinning wife clients are resentful, exhausted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And miserable doing yep. what they're doing. Yep. 
And the men, and I keep saying, if you reversed it, they would not be, the man, the husband's not going to be resentful about having to go to work and oh. produce an income. I'm sorry. Oh. It just doesn't work that way. Well, if, Unless they're an undeveloped boy. And that's a whole nother, right. as but I that's say, a different, podcast. Right. Yeah, but, yeah. Having, having a penis doesn't mean you're yeah. a man. No, no. But for grown men, right. But for a normal, you know, healthy, a healthy real male, again, He's gonna he's gonna feel more like a man because he's the one taking that on. He's gonna feel yep. more like a man because he's gotta go fight for. It. He's gonna feel more like a man. Like a, it just fills the gap between, you know, am I capable? And look at me, I'm doing it right. Mm-hmm. Can I take? I'm taking care of my family. I'm going. He's gonna be holding himself accountable and is gonna be proud to be a guy who's doing all this to take care of his family. Like there's a whole different mechanism mm-hmm. where a woman, you could do it where you've proven, okay, you've proven you can do anything. You can do everything. You've proven it. Yes. You're fantastic. You're amazing. Why, you know, what is the price you're willing to pay to prove that? And Thank now you. my clients, your clients, what is the price you're willing to pay? And now 20 years into this, resenting the guy because it's amazing. If you're going to do the work, he's going to let you. I know. So th- that's a really important point. That's a really important point because mm-hmm. people will ask me all the time. So how come my husband wants me to work or lets me work? No, I shouldn't say it that way. It's not about yeah, letting you. I but understand. Why, right. why do they not get in my way or why do they even expect it or ask it if they really don't want me to be replacing them? Right. In other words, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and I have to explain that they're, they're going to do ultimately what you want because they want you to be happy. And if they think you're working and that makes you happy. And they're not often making the connection that your misery and your resentment toward him is because you're working so much. Yep. They don't even get it any more yep. than you get it. Because it's so instilled in the culture. Yeah. It's, it's and, you know, and, and there's another thing you know, that most don't understand. We're talking, this is Alison, Alison Armstrong's work, like, as far as like, um, instinct and you know, like the pulse of life. And what motivates me is different than motivates you. So you've been trained to be you know, a, a, a aggressive in business, you know, you know, competitive woman in the world. And that makes you feel really good because you're creating results and, you know, you're independent and then, you know, it's just, you feel important, feeling important, but also feeling a safety. Like if anything happens, you can take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So you're not vulnerable too, Mm -hmm. but if you're not vulnerable, this also creates another all set of problems. Anyway, but get this for the masculine. It's incredible. And I know this because I have a male body, you know, and, Somebody has to describe it to you for you to get it, even as a male. For the masculine caveman, if something isn't urgent or super important, it doesn't matter. For the male, there's always a very, a very acute awareness of spend of energy. And the body, the male body, the caveman, because he's going to have to go chase the mammoth, you know, and hunt for three days. And it's going to take a huge amount of energy in between those times when he's going out there to fight, push, hunt, conquer, fight the other tribe, whatever in between those high energy demand times, he sits and recovers and, and rebuild this testosterone. The Dr. John Gray talks about this. It takes like 30 to 60 minutes when a guy comes home and sits on the couch, you know, and you, you go, what are you thinking? He's like, nothing. Like he's actually in rebuilding his, his mm-hmm. chemistry mode. He does something big. He has to sit, recover, mm-hmm. you know, like um, chemically, literally mm-hmm. testosterone rebuild, mm-hmm. and then he goes out again, right? Yep. But, and the thing is about this, so there's a constant unaware, but there's a constant, the body knows when to stop. The body knows when to recharge. The body knows, ah, sit, 
right? Women don't have this. You don't have that awareness of your energy. So you'll go all day till you fall over at 11 o'clock and now you're available to no one, especially mm -hmm. him. So for males, that's in the body. So when you take everything on and you won't ask for help and you will take, you know, you won't ask because he's not going to do it right. You're going to have to explain it and it gets on your nerve. So never mind, I'll do it myself. You're training him to do nothing. And his body will go, fantastic, I'll do nothing. I'll sit here till I have to go and fight something. But if you take it on too much, you find yourself with a guy who does nothing. And if he goes to work, you're lucky. Right? Like That's perfect. That's a perfect way of explaining it. I wish, yeah. I have some that's what happens. Like so women will say to me, well, in that understanding of energy, can't they tell that we're killing ourselves over here? And how come mm -hmm. they don't step up? Right? Because we assume... You're not asking me, you're happy to do it, or you don't mind doing it, or you know, like it's on you just I'm not gonna fight with you again. If it's and it's not again, one woman last week said to me, like, that's really selfish. And I go, No, it's instinct. Mm -hmm. He's not thinking about this. You're not asking why would he? Mm -hmm. He thinks you want to. Mm -hmm. You got this, right? So And then when you do ask, you're ranting and raving or nagging about it, and that's not gonna that's uh, not gonna work. Uh, either, not gonna right? work. So, so yeah. yeah. So there's a way to do this properly, but you know, if you keep saying to yourself, I got it because I don't want to explain it, you're training him to do nothing and his body, his chemistry, his instinct will go fine. And I'll sit here till something comes up that could be dangerous that I have to handle. That's great. I love That's, that. Again, that, yeah, explanation. it's not selfish. It's not selfish. It's not shallow. It's not rude. It's not crappy. It's not, why doesn't he come to my rescue? Can he tell? He can't. When you got married, things were perfect. You were both in love and life was good. Then somewhere along the line, everything changed. She changed, or maybe he did. Either which way, now your relationship feels, well, hard. I coach husbands and wives who feel lonely, disrespected, or misunderstood in their relationship. So many women today are desperate for their husbands to step up to the plate, to make a decision and to stick to it, to lead rather than to follow. Ladies, you have the power to make it happen. Men respond best to women who are grounded in their feminine core. As for husbands, so many of them want their wives to stop nagging and to just trust them, to smile more and to complain less, to look at them the way they did when they were first dating. Men, you have the power to make it happen. Women respond best to men who are grounded in their masculine core. The secret to lasting love rests in the masculine feminine dance. Once you master it, your relationship will no longer be difficult. You'll be moving with the biological tide rather than against it. And that makes marriage smooth sailing. If you're struggling in your relationship, if you feel frustrated or alone, I can help. Just go to SuzanneBanker.com, that's S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-V-E-N-K-E-R.com, and click on the coaching button at the top. Don't wait another minute to acquire the mindset you need to find love and to sustain it. It's so much easier than you think. That's SuzanneVenker.com. Which goes back to our whole point about understanding the opposite sex and how and not equal they are to you because intelligence. Yes. Yeah. Because they are a different sex is critical, absolutely critical to the success of your relationship. If you don't yeah. have it, you will fail. It's right. that simple. And, you know, because imagine, you know, the flip side, you know, imagine when you don't understand what his body's doing, right? Because there's a, there's a certain consciousness and there's an unconscious of the, you know, the, the human animal, we call it. Like, if you take that personal, now he's the bad guy. Yes, right. He has no idea, right? So, like, understanding that, that's what genuine intelligence is so important. You have to understand what's happening to him and you have to, he has to understand what's happening to you, even on a chemical level and mm -hmm. on the instinctual level so you don't take these things for what they appear and then all of a sudden he's misbehaving he's a yeah. jerk 
He's not. In, he doesn't care. He. De- that's not it. No, and I would encourage anybody who's listening to this and perhaps hearing it for the first time, after you've listened to this podcast, scroll back down on the Suzanne Minker Show and find the one with John Gray, because Mm -hmm. we talk a great deal about this. So if you want more on this conversation, you can find that there. (coughs) Okay, so So, I'm going to do something a little different here, Andre. So I I normally have an email of the day at the end, and I'm going to skip that, and I'm going to read two emails with you that I want to talk about. Okay. They happen to both be from men, which is just a coincidence. This one's from Leonard. Um, Dear Suzanne, excellent post, yada, yada. He goes on about some things. And then we get to the question. During my first marriage, we had three children and my wife was doing well in law school. Hard, I know. Sorry, just law school. I know, I know, I know, I know. Just the phrase law school and all of a sudden you know what's coming, right? I know exactly what happened. I know. I know. Okay. Our marriage was in crisis. So I asked her to take one semester. Listen to this. I asked her to take one semester off from law school to focus on our marriage as law school is a major marital stress, which is why we were laughing. Everybody knows that I think, or should know that she absolutely refused and denounced me for even suggesting it. And then proceeded to tell everyone how her husband wanted to control and oppress her and her ambitions. When a man attempts to assert himself, he is accused of being a narcissistic control freak. This problem is much worse than your post suggests because he was referring to just, you know, back to a post that I had written about um, something related to this. Now he's divorced, needless to say, from that woman. So let's talk about that for a minute. Let's talk about that for a minute. Okay. Um, You know, (laughs) to me, the biggest problem with modern marriages is this idea that anything that gets in the way of this wom- of a woman's ambitions that are outside of marriage and motherhood, rather than understanding how those two things are in conflict very often, when at least when you try to do them at that level, which obviously going to law school and having three children and being married does, that's just a no-brainer. At the end of the day, it's going to come down to, hey, look, do you want a successful life at home or do you want a successful career. And when you're trying to do something that are in direct opposition of one another simultaneously, obviously something's going to give. So clearly that woman was choosing career over family, clearly to the point where she's divorced over it. That the idea that he would suggest taking a semester off, if your immediate brain goes to an oppressor, that tells you all you need to know about where that woman's head is and you're not going to remain married, obviously, because your entire mental marital mindset is, is flawed from the get go. Mm -hmm. And so he's screwed. Like what can he do? I mean, at that point, what else could a man do? I mean, once he's clearly married somebody not realizing how deep that mindset was until he was Uh, knee deep in it. Yeah. To me, I'll take it back to the question that I asked them is like, what is it that you want in the end? Do you want to be on your own and badass or do you want to be, you know, if, you know, with your family, where, where do you want to put your energy? Like you have to make a choice. You can't do both. No one can do it. No one can do it. Especially in the law firm. Are you kidding me? Like, Oh my God. You, like you, it'll kill you and then you'll have nothing available to the family and the kids and you'll resent them for like sucking your drive because... Uh-huh. You know, so like you have to make a choice. And I've had this conversation so many times, like stop one second, it won't work out. So if you continue, you're going to lose your family or you could pull back on your 
money-making machine that you so value, and I get this, you will raise that way. I get it. But which one do you want? Do you want the career more or do you want the family more? Figure it out because you... And of course, the idea... Oops, we paused here. You can't have both. You know, and all of a sudden, like, well, you know, I don't you feel I've been working this for 15 years. I, I, yes. And is it worth losing your kids and your husband over and your lifestyle? And understand now you're going to come home to your house alone. Right. You understand like now you're, uh, you're going to be on your own. Right. And what really baffles me on this, and I'm going to say this, is that we now raise women to be strong, independent, and powerful. We used, to, we used to raise men that way. Right, so they'd be productive, good man in the world who could take care of women and children. That's that's what men have done mm -hmm. for millennia. But now we've flipped the script where we expect what we want a good woman is independent, strong, independent, and powerful, and a good man should be supposed to be passive and, and supporting her. We've flipped the script completely against our own biological. You know, biological right makeup right. Mm -hmm. and we know that we could do it because you can nurture yep. your masculine and your feminine left and right right except eventually the price to pay mm -hmm. is if you're going to be the masculine as a woman eventually you will lose respect for his feminine ways you'll resent it you know and then so it doesn't work it, long it doesn't term work. it doesn't and, work it's always a disaster and, and of course ideally getting this across to you when you're 20 is so much is is like it's, it's, it's frustrating because it's, it's impossible to penetrate at that age, given what they're, given what we are up against with that message, because it's coming at them and, from yeah. everywhere. Um, and, and they're not necessarily ready to receive it. On the other hand, if you don't, then 15, 20 years down the road, they're in this boat that I just described yeah. from this email. Yeah. So then what? I don't want you to get there. You know, yeah. it's very frustrating because I can help you not get there. I have this new coaching that I'm doing. It's called college. Sure. It's coaching, life coaching for college women to, for this nice. very reason, what, to, and that's the question right out of the gate in the coaching, what do you want? I can help you get there, mm -hmm. but you got to know what you want. And then you got to make the decisions along the way, every step to get you where you want to go. And you have to be able to hear things that are countercultural in the interim, right? Mm -hmm. While you're making those mm -hmm. decisions. So yep. that's one way. The, all, the alternative is calling me 15 years down the road and we try to unravel that. And, you know, it's doable, but it takes a long time. I mean, some people are with me for months and months and months because that's, there, there's just no way to undo something that ingrained overnight. Yeah, no, and it's a lot of work because then you have to undo the bad habits. You have to undo the things. You have to detach from the things that you believe was so good and right and right for you. And all of a sudden, like, oh, wait, that's... Oh, I have, oh, right. Like you have to recalibrate everything. Everything. It's a ton of work because you have to undo years and years and years of training, which your brain loves because the more you do habits become who you are. Right. Habits exactly. become, right. So you have to like literally at that point. Now you that you rewired your brain mm -hmm. by the training and the habits that you've created. And I don't have to undo this and then put in new habits that creates another flow that's a ton of work. Now, I mean, it's like losing a lot of weight. You know, if you've been overweight your entire yeah, life, it's, same yeah, thing. It's, it's not going to happen wanna, overnight. Yeah. If you, if you want to, you know, if you want to be a bodybuilder and you want to be fit and you want to get on stage, but you've never done that, you're going to have a lot of work to do. You know, it's, not, yep. it's simple enough. You simple enough. You get follow somebody who's doing that and, you know, like change your lifestyle into, because it's not something you just do. You have to change your lifestyle and act like a bodybuilder, eat like a bodybuilder, train like a, right? 
So <clears throat> you want to be a thin person, you have to do what thin people do. Like mm-hmm. if you want to be muscular, you do what muscular people do, right? If you want to be, you know, a scientist, you have to do what scientists do. You have to step into the life and it's a lifestyle. It's not a quick fix. So it's undoing of it's, it's habit, it's practice, and it's, it's living differently. So yep. women who've raised, who raised to be powerful, strong first, to get all of my clients, 35 plus, you know, and the, the young girls are too, well, they're too young. In a lot of ways, mm-hmm. they, they, they don't want kids yet. They have to get mm-hmm. to find out who they are and produce what they do. So they're not, it's, but it's the women who, whether they had the conversation with themselves or not, realize that 35 or so that, you know, they want a relationship, they want babies. They just never and of course time into it. And yeah, but like, oh, how do I do this? Like, right. And not only that, I, but I they're so mastered in. Their options are considerably fewer 10 years in. Oh, so, which, yeah, right. which is what going back to that original yeah. guy, I'll mention that name 10. again if anybody wants to look him up. Um, Kevin, Kevin Ooh. Samuels. That's exactly what, what he, yeah. I mean, it was really interesting listening to him because he just gave it straight to these 30 year old women who just think they think they should have the cream of the crop at 30 and 35 years old. And he has to explain why they, they don't, they're not all that and why the kind of men that they're looking for are not going to look for them. They want these high earning, you know, top men. And, and of course those men aren't looking for women whose eggs are stale and who have another child with someone else. And they have, he has to explain this to them. And I guess that's why he goes into the, he specifies on the black community because of course there's so many, um, illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah. 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 Um, okay. We're going to do one other, um, email and this one's from John and this has to do with the masculine feminine dynamic that we've spent most of this time talking about. Yeah. Hi, Suzanne. I love your show. I wish I had known this material before the failure of my own marriage recently. Mm. And then this is really interesting. He's talking about the challenge in their marriage was of the stay at home mom situation, which he calls a prisoner's dilemma for men, which at first you're kind of like, what? But let me explain what he said. Our situation was that we both had equally paying jobs where we could flex our time to both 50 50 split care of our daughter. She was required by her workplace, his wife to go back to work for six months to keep her benefits benefits. After the six months, not knowing about female evolutionary biology at the time, I encouraged her to stay in the 50-50 situation because it seemed to offer the best of both the financial and child care worlds. But this created resentment. And I noticed in her, I mean, and I noticed myself having challenges with this resentment from a male perspective. After a few years of the situation, she looked for greener pastures and had an affair and we are now separated. In retrospect, it's very sad because I realized I was a very good husband to her, but I didn't know that listening to her and how she and I had both been brainwashed by the culture, as opposed to listening to her, her biology would be our downfall. Oh, isn't that terrible? It's just so sad because it's so fixable. It was so fixable under the right circumstances. It happens all the time. I know. I know. No, I see that quite a bit because now options that women have, and sometimes they get a better deal, you know, at work than he does. Right, so his job, mm-hmm. his job, either his job is predictable, and he's sort of at the pinnacle of what he's going to do at that point. And now she gets a promotion, and then she gets this, and she has, to, you know. And, and he's sudden, thinking from him what he would do about her job, what he would do from a male perspective. Right, that's what he basically meant. I was just thinking about the money and the feasibility. Right, no, again, but this yeah. goes back to what we talked earlier about. If he doesn't have to do it, he won't. Exactly. Exactly. 
if he doesn't have to do what he wants, so she comes in with like, okay, bring this much, which means you're going to live in this lifestyle and yes. we're going to get these bonuses. He's like, wow, that sounds like a great idea. Yes. And the idea that she should be as contributing as much as he is makes his life easier. And that, his, and that her response will be the same as his. Physiologic, right? Physiologically, that she, he didn't know she was going to become resentful over it. He, no, he's like, well, sounds like a great plan. Right? Yeah. This is, you've been working on this for five, six, ten years. So go, girl, right? and get those benefits yes. and we'll roll with that. You know, you might as well keep going because, you know, look at our lives. We have, right? And then as he pulls out, pulls back, right? Because he doesn't have to or whether he just stays the same. They, and, and there it is, right? Like, you know, he probably had a sense really quickly that he lost part of his wife in that. Yeah. Thought, ah, well, yeah, you said it's so cool. Like, again, the logic of it has nothing to do with the heart of it, definitely. And you know, again, so and he's thinking logically, yeah, he's really aware, not knowing that it was going to backfire because it just made sense. And you go, girl, and he's supporting her to like be all of she can Mm -hmm. be. And of course, she wants to be productive. And again, that's all masculine now, okay. Here we go, man on man eventually falls apart, man on man falls Mm -hmm. apart, and again. And I say this a lot, and I'm going to say this to your listeners in case they don't, they misunderstand. We're not talking, you and I, going back to the 50s. We're not talking about, you know, go back in the kitchen, get an apron on, and just be the good suit. No, that's not what we're freaking saying. What I'm saying is you get to, you have to calibrate and figure out which you want, which you want to be first and what the successful women that I work with, that you work with, do is they know when to produce and they know when to let go they know they a lot of them i have one client right now she's uh, 38 years old and she's amazing woman right like super productive makes a ton of money don't need no man has her own house right Own everything really really productive and she wants babies she wants a husband and uh 38 and she's like, tick tock, tick tock, tick tock. She hires me. And like, I don't, right? I don't understand. I don't understand. She's so manly, like the tone of her voice. Like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Right. I'm like, okay. Right. And she's one of those. <laughs> Suzanne, I love when you head falls back laughing. <laughs> but she, then I go, okay, I got it. I got it. Went back and her daddy raised her to be a man, you know, because her daddy resented, interesting, her daddy's resentment because he struggled his entire life to support his family that he resented having to support his family the way he had to. He had to work this many, and like he never got his stuff together. So yeah. he could actually make some good money. So he had to work three late, lousy jobs yeah. to support his Makes kid. Sense. And he thought in his mind, I totally saw it. You know, if she worked, damn it, you know, I wouldn't have to work so hard and I could actually be like, be better life. So anyway, he raised his first daughter. Number one, interestingly enough, the first born male or female is typically raised to be masculine and handle and go and push and be productive it's just how it is so that's her but with the push of that he said you know you need to stand on your own you don't need to be a burden or no anyway so yep that's why she's so badass fantastic but now she's like men don't want me i don't mm-hmm. anyway so 38 <clears throat> and within two months that girl who's like da, 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 went into Excuse me, um, I don't know how to put, you know, the card in this meter for my parking. Like, like, I, no, she's on the date with a guy. Because she started dating yeah. COVID, right? Dating yeah. three guys right now. Yeah, okay. This is right now. This is right now. My client, current right. And she's like, understands the magic of her feminine and to like make men step up and be heroes and mm-hmm. step into their instinct. And she literally, she went, she, Last this weekend, she went on a date in a place where she knows her favorite restaurant, but the guy didn't know this. He made the plan, 
and this meters of the card, right? That kind of stuff in the parking lot. And she's like, I don't know how to do this. She knew, she goes, I could, I, I could have done it before, like faster than me asking some help about this. So like, I could have done it faster. I know exactly how to do this, yep. you know? But she's like, I just stood there and, and did the girl thing. And she, she understands that it's not dumbing herself down. It's to trigger him to step up and be a hero. And all but of a sudden, he feels like a man when he's with her. And that's like those small little... And there's only two ways to approach that same scenario. And you just described them. One is to understand the value of doing that and what you get from it. And the other is to be resentful of the fact that this is, quote unquote, the way it has to be done. Right. And right. you have this attitude of well, why can't a man just get over it and just uh, the total refusal to accept nature and what is. And that fighting of nature, nature is why you are single or unhappily married or whatever the case may be, because you're fighting nature Absolutely. instead of Absolutely. just embracing it and going with it. And it takes a lot of <clears throat> I know so much of this comes down, in my opinion, to maturity. Because, you know, there was a time when mothers passed this on to their daughters about men and how to work with it, yeah, especially, yeah, I think yeah, we've yeah. talked about my, my big fat Greek wedding. Did you ever see that? Yeah, yeah, I love great, that movie. Great messages in that movie about this kind of stuff. Yeah. And you used to tell that to your daughters and it was fine. But since that's so not PC to do anymore, nobody's passing that on. Right. And the idea that you right. would, um, you know, you're, it, people get, young women get upset by it. But give them enough years and they're ready. Like this woman, they're ready to hear anything. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. And yeah. you know, she's not trying not now that she gets the dance, right? Like this girl is smart. Like she is smart. And instead of going, you want me to do what? I go, I want you to do what works on man. This is, this is like, this is gender intelligence. What works on man is when you ask for their help, it makes him feel more manly makes you feel like hero. It's an instinct to provide. It's an instinct to show up for women. Instinct. You don't have to manipulate them. You just ask for help in little ways, you know, and in big ways. But in the beginning of, a, you know, getting to know a guy, when you trigger his instinct to go, I don't know how to do this. And he gets to do it. It feels like he feels like a man with you. So when you pull all those strings of instinct on men, and same with mm -hmm. women, but you don't have to do, you both don't have to know it. Just one of the two as long as you understand it and do it, it will work. You pull out his instinct to be a man. All he knows is as a woman in the world, the woman he's dating, the woman he's seeing is that when he's with her, he feels more like a man. He doesn't know why. <laughs> he can't explain it. Mm -hmm. But when she's present, somehow he feels like a man. He feels more like a man. He feels like a stud. He feels like a hero. He has no idea what's going on, but she's just pulling the string of yep. his instinct to provide. Yep. And all of a sudden, Guess what? This is how you become relevant. The women are always like, why does, you know, what makes a guy show up and stick around? That. <laughs> that. <laughs> so it's not, about, it's not about feeding his little ego. That's such an offensive thing. It's I know. Offensive and childish. In, right. Ridiculous. Stupid. Absolutely straight up stupid. Forget it. Stop talking about egos in male. It's mm -hmm. knowing what works for them that makes them want to do more for you. It's very simple. Trigger him to feel like a man, and all of a sudden, you're the only woman he keeps thinking about. He's dating three other girls, but like you, God, when he's with you, it's yeah, oh, he feels good. And again, he was, it'll be attached to how he feels when he's with you in the beginning. And you keep feeding that line and watch him just step up. And again, he'll be that will compel him to do more, bigger, over, and then really 
challenge better. himself yep. to be a bigger man, right. which, which is, is making yep. me more capable to protect you and to take care of you with blah, blah. Which is ultimately what the women are complaining that is not happening. So right. that's, that's where they, happening. when the light bulb goes off that they are connected to why that's not happening, anyway, then, so, and then it's this, very exciting to watch. Yeah. You know, it kind this, of, I, I have to say like, I'm so proud of her because there's a girl who was so calibrated in her masculine mm-hmm. and in like two months gets it, mm. you know, it doesn't resent having to be a girl, but I understand yeah. the magic and the power. And she's like, she works in the, in the car industry. Right. And just this week, cause we, you know, we have updates on the phone all the time. She's like, you understand, you know, a guy came into my, in my office this week and he's like, God is so like, it's so pleasant to be with you because in this line of work, like the women are not easy and it's always frustrating and it's also very tense, but he goes like, you're so lovely. Thank you for being like this. Now this, she just learned that. So at work, you know, with men in the world, just, it's not that oh, hard. It's so much better for I know. her, for women. And she gets to be both. She's not changing or dumbing herself yep. down. She gets to be yep. both when it's appropriate. Yep. There's a time and a place. Beautiful. So knowing that and just knowing how to work that, that's when you get everything in life. Yep. Okay. We're going to stop it right there because that was a good ending. Thank you. That was a really good ending. I just, I just so yeah. I need to have that you was- back earlier rather than later, which I promise yeah. I will do because I know I'm going to hear from people who are going to be like, you have to have him back. I love to hear you guys talk. So, and it is fun. I have to say, it's we always have, more have, fun have, for me when I know the person personally, you know, I get a lot of, of guests on, although this month I've done just me, but generally speaking, I have a lot of guests on and most of them I don't know personally, about 30% I do. And I, there's a distinct yeah. difference when I know you, it's kind of fun. <laughs> for sure well also because you, you have to bring out the best of them and yeah and at it's the same a time you know there's things you can't really say because you don't really i get it right like and i want to give them the space it's their time course, i'm I, they're my guest you and know and you and i have the same you know but yeah. like you have the girl side i have the boy side i know cha, i know cha, cha. the dance is just fantastic like fantastic i think it's <laughs> i know. think like six years ago when i heard you i got on the phone with you woman <laughs> you're speaking my language i need you <laughs> i know I, I foresaw that, that somehow that you know that because we're both we can't we can play both sides of the coin i know and we're talking about potentially doing something together um in the new year right yeah no no absolutely so that's work in progress again because i lost tests the things are getting sticky i have to rearrange this somehow and i'm not sure i really completely lost her but it's been really sticky the past yeah it's hard before. to lose your assistant that's for sure well i don't think I, I don't she doesn't want to be lost but the reality is she's working so much on the flip side that it's only yeah, yeah. Okay. So either we'll work that out or we won't. But well, when we do that, if we do that, we'll come back on. This is Ann Venker show and tell everybody about what that is and yeah, have a yeah. conversation and then, and then get them get them excited about what that looks like. But we're gonna put that on hold for the yeah, for the moment. Yeah, okay, awesome. Like said, Thanks, we have Andre. Three months, we have three months to get there. Three so, months. But, okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Friday, Thanks, anytime. Andre. So we'll great to see you. you. We'll chat soon. <laughs> for sure. Okay. Be good. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that ends this hour of the Suzanne Venker show. Don't forget to continue the conversation on Facebook by typing in The Suzanne Venker Show in the Facebook search bar. Also, please recommend this podcast to one friend you think would enjoy it. And don't forget to leave us a review on whatever platform you're now using. Finally, if you have a question or comment for me, you can email me at Suzanne at the Suzanne Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great week.